Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. Hey, everyone. Uh, glad you're back for another episode of the podcast. Before we get started, we want to extend our condolences to those who were lost in the Oakland Warehouse Party Fire. There are still many people missing, and the sheer terror and infinite sadness that is felt from this event will be rippling through our community of DJs, promoters, dancers, and electronic music fans, and all of their families for weeks and years to come. Our hearts are with those who are mourning, so right now we'll take a moment of silence to honor those who have been lost. This week for episode 70, we're jumping back into the discussion that we left off in last week's episode. Uh, If you don't remember what we were talking about, we were discussing tips for new DJs. As usual, we got off on a couple of tangents, specifically around uh, audio quality and YouTube rips and stuff like that. But this week we wrap up the uh, tips for new DJs discussion as a whole. Hope you all enjoy. So uh, let's just dive right in. So... One suggestion that I had was to, if you're starting out as a DJ, try to choose your your platform or your software before investing in hardware because companies are getting a lot more integrated with their hardware and software. Mm-hmm. So with Serato, you don't even really have a choice. Like right. You're kind of tied into whatever is Serato certified or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, tractor, you've got the, all the the control devices and and all that stuff, and all that is meant to really work with Tractor, and so on. So you've got all these little integrated systems. So if you're like, oh, I really like the Control S8, oh, I really like Serato, and then you buy the two, <laughs> you're gonna be like, right. oh crap, you're gonna have a bad time, yeah. right? <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it'll work. Yeah, I mean, but. you can figure yep. it out, yeah. but yeah, you might not. Uh, you might be excited to use all those fancy functions, and now they're not gonna work. Right. So. A lot of people start with the hardware, and I think that's backwards. Yeah, agreed. Um, now, whether I say software, this could be, well, I want to be use the Pioneer DJ workflow. I want to use Rekordbox, and well, fine. But just, just throwing that out there, don't buy a budget controller or something expecting to use some other software without thinking it through. Right. Trip, you mentioned uh, something about kind of honing your core set of skills. So sure. beat matching, um, EQ effects, like really digging in and knowing what you're doing with that. So I think everybody wants to rush. Well, maybe not everybody. I think a lot of, a lot of DJs really want to hurry up and get on a stage. Like everybody gets into this with the best intention and they really crave, you know, taking this thing and, and, you know, learning enough to get up on a stage and then really chase after the, the, the superstar DJ dream or, or, you know, whatever, you know, it is. So what happens is a lot of people do get on a stage before they're ready. Yeah. And one of the best things that ever happened to me was, um, er, very early on, I, I, I was taking like house party gigs and stuff like that. And, you know, those worked out okay, but you know, I, I would still have the, you know, the train wrecks or the, the, the sloppy mixes and, you know, and stuff like that much less really understanding what it meant to blend 
you know, using the EQ mm. and stuff like that. So like, I mean, we're talking three to six months in and I'm already taking gigs for like house parties in Columbus and stuff like <laughs> that. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm a DJ, I'm a DJ, I'm a DJ, I'll do it. You know? <laughs> um, but one of the greatest things that happened to me was uh, a friend of mine that I went to high school with, grew up with him, was friends with Naughty Groove. I've mentioned him on the show before. Um, Jason Brooks, he and I ended up great friends and ended up partners and tag team partners, and we ran a label together and you know, and all, all kinds of stuff. Um, but our first true meeting was arranged by this mutual friend of ours, and Jason was booking for a party called Positive Two, and he was all like, you know, so my buddy calls him and says, Hey, I got this buddy. He's a DJ. He'll be great. Just give him a chance. Just give him a chance. So then Jason says, sure, bring him over. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, does he have his records with him? Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. Well, he can audition for me and my friends. Uh, okay. So he hangs up, tells me, and I'm like, I'm about to do what? Like, so nerves automatically just, yeah. All right. <laughs> so I show up and, you know, I don't know this guy, like, you know, but I know who he is, you know, in the, in the local scene. And he's got people there that are other promoters and like other DJs and, you know, some people that no I'm pressure. looking around the room and I'm all like, oh shit, this, yeah. So like pressure is mounted, right? Go into his studio. He sets me up. And, you know, rode, rode some pretty rough mixes through the whole thing. And he said, I'll tell you what, he said, uh, I don't think you're ready for this yet. He said, but, you know, I really like the tracks that you picked out. I really like what the direction you're going with this. Why don't we hang out some more? Huh. Right. Okay. And then from there. Yeah. Foul ball. Right. Yeah. yeah. So still, You're still in the game. Exactly. <laughs> and from there. Like, you know, we would talk on the phone, we would see each other at parties and stuff like that. And then, you know, at the time I was, I was, you know, kind of going through some rough patches or whatever, and I didn't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving that year. So he calls me up and he says, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. You got anywhere to eat for Thanksgiving? No. He said, you want to come to my parents' house? Do they have turkey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it, you know, and that's how our, like from that point on, like we were like, friends friends like so that's how our friendship started and he took me up under his wing and really showed me what that was about you know like it, so that was the greatest thing you know sometimes a rejection is the best thing that'll happen to you because that forces you to go back and say and reassess yeah what what did i do wrong and and i was very lucky in that the person who rejected me also took me up under his wing and was able to show me what I did wrong and what what he was looking for, what he expected. And then I was able to hone in on that. And that's a, a good segue into another one of the points that we put down, which was uh, to be realistic and fail often. That's right. Um, you know, nobody's going to go in there and just wreck shop and, and you know. Drop the mic. Drop right. the mic, right? right. Like, get out there and take some risks and make some mistakes. We're so risk averse now, especially as DJs, because we have a lot of help. I mean, we've got, you know, sync and digital and we, we've got all this stuff and, and it's okay to get out there and take risks. You know, it's, we're not trying to say don't ever take any risks because that's part of the game. And for people who want to advance, you have to, get uncomfortable right you know and you have to be willing to 
except that you're once again going to play some empty rooms. You're going to occasionally stop the wrong deck and be real embarrassed. Oh, yeah. And, you know. <laughs> I'm not above it. I've just, done it. You know, <laughs> you know deal with it. There's going to happen. There's YouTube videos about these million-dollar DJs making simple mistakes like hitting, oh, the, yeah. hitting the eject button on a CDJ. That's how you recover I'm, from it. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, I've, I've even gone a step further and let a mix run out where I thought it was a mix. But the crossfader was all the way over to one side, yeah. so the track just runs out. Yeah. I'm and you, and you're, headphones, you're in your headphones, yeah. And like I, I've done that before. But all yep. of a sudden, like people are looking at me, and I look at the master out, and there's nothing going, and I'm like, oh man, I'm jamming in my head. But then <laughs> you're up there fist pumping and yeah. jamming, yeah. yeah. And silence. Exactly. Um, brand awareness mm. is another thing I wrote down. Sure. You know. Which I immediately, like, I'm sure somebody's like, I'm a brand new DJ. I don't have a brand. Uh, wrong. Right. From like, day one, from day zero, you have a brand. Whether yeah. you're aware of that or not, um, you are building your brand from the time you establish yourself as a business DJ, whatever. Yeah. It really comes down to self-awareness, right. I guess. Because right. 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 people hear the word brand and they think logos, colors, yeah, no. packaging. LLCs. Right. Yeah. yeah. And no, we're not. We're talking about how people perceive you reputation reputation yeah, yeah. yeah and you're you're immediately building that from the day you step on the stage how you handle those mistakes like we talked about or how you handle conflict right. how you handle requests when you're not supposed to be taking them like any of that stuff yeah. it trust me on this <laughs> it's a lot easier to destroy a reputation than it that's is to right. build one that's right and all it takes is one upset person to cause a whole rift in your your brand. Um, uh, I don't want to say quality, but your your reputation. It, it takes a hit a lot faster, you know, in the negative direction right. than the other way. But so, even reaching back before that is when someone questions your your reputation. Everything you've done up until that point is going to determine how people are going to view that perceived argument with that individual. Oh, you know, for if sure. If you've always taken yes. care of people, you've always taken care Absolutely. of business, and one wacko comes out of left field and is like, oh, blah, 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 and everybody's like, what, what the Ab- are they talking Absolutely. about? Absolutely. No, that's definitely true. Like, I, I've definitely run into that to where I, I feel pretty good about how I handle myself with mm-hmm. other scene people and right. passionate DJs audience and stuff. Like I, I really try to do the right thing when yeah. I interact with people and it's still like, you just can't avoid it. Like right. there's going to be times where somebody doesn't like something that you've done. Right. Uh, they may be right. They may not, but how you handle that is big. Right. Um, whether you're in the right <laughs> or not. I mean, it just is. And I'm laughing about, I don't know what we were talking about in a previous episode, but you were talking to the effect of, you know, well, someone says, you know, Trip smokes crack <laughs> on stage. And he's like, well, I only did it once. Yeah, right, one time um, and you're like, that's all it takes yeah. is the one time. <laughs> and, and similar, you know, I've been had an issue like that in the corporate space where I didn't realize it, but I was working an event and someone had like another, it wasn't music, but they had something else to help provide, you know, some fun to the people that were there at that particular event and i guess that one of those individuals like vendors or whatever had a friend who was a dj and was a little pissed that i got the gig and not his friend so in turn you know the the trash talk kind of started and then it came back around to me i was like i didn't even know that guy 
Yeah. I was, but I still got business from that organization after that. Right. Um, and the person that I deal with with that company, you know, kind of laughed it off. They're like, I don't know what this guy was talking about. I was like, right. did you? And she was like, did you make him angry or something? I was like, I talked to that dude for like two minutes. Yeah. So, and, you know, my work had spoke for itself. Exactly. And I think that's a testament to what I provide as a service. Right. So, you know, like I'm telling you guys out there, just once you state something poorly or you behave in a way that's, that's substandard, it sticks with people. So when questions come about, about who you are as an entity or a business or a person or a DJ or whatever, they will remember what they saw, not what they've been told. Yeah, it goes a long way if you have a generally positive <laughs> response right. from most people. And, and, you know, that's another point is, you know, if this is a problem that you're running into all the time, <laughs> you need to reassess. Spe- yeah. Speaking to ego, maybe, maybe you do have something that needs addressed <laughs> there. If it's not just the occasional one off, you know, it's, you're not going to please everybody. There are going to be people that don't like you. And that's something that I've had uh, that I'm learning right. still. Like, I, that's a particular sticking point with me. I have trouble with, like, I really don't like it when people don't like me. And I need to get over that like, <laughs> because I can't please everybody. Why don't you like everybody. me? Yeah, it, it does. It makes you feel like, why don't you like me? You know, it's, right, it right. seems kind of whiny and silly, but it's something that I've like learned. Like you got blocked on Facebook or something. Like, right, why did you right. do that? <laughs> that's something I've had to teach myself is it's okay if 100% of the population doesn't like me. Right. But if this is a recurring problem, it might be time to check myself. Yeah. You if know. 80% don't like me, then right. <laughs> something else might be going on. Yeah, 80, I just need to find new friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, Trip, you mentioned continuing education or That's continuing right. learning. Yeah. Um, so, in that uh, How to DJ guide that is on passionatedj.com, I, I mentioned something about um, one of the steps is never stop learning it's right. it's always stay at the last step yep. it's this is basically advice on how to remain happy and interested and not become jaded right. because if you just learn the basics and then play your favorite tunes all the time and stop there that's fine but you're probably not in it for the 20 year haul here right, so right well and I, I one of the reasons i even brought that up is because um a few years after I started DJing, I got into production and I was, I had a friend who was showing me how to do all of that stuff. And then over time we kind of went our separate ways. And as far as DJing was concerned, you know, I got pretty set in my ways with two turntables and a mixer and, you know, doing vinyl. And even to some degree, even after I switched over to Serato, like I still just basically used it as a, as a record bag replacement, you know? So, um, you know, and I got into that groove and I just stayed there. Like, so I stayed stagnant on my production skills. So I never really got anything out because I didn't know enough to really put out anything of any quality. Mm -hmm. And then as far as my DJing, like I was starting to become that, that dinosaur. And even to the point where like, I prefer lower back pain. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag real DJs. Right. Right. You know, so when it got to that point where, you know, 
I had to do something to, you know, reinvigorate my interest in everything. And, you know, so, um, you know, you and Tony were both really instrumental in, in me, like taking that next step into, you know, if I'm going to go CDJ route and, you know, le really learn the, you know, what I'm going to do more with with uh, Serato and digital DJing in general. And now, like, I can't get enough of it. Like, the more technology you can throw at me, the better. Um, and not to say that I've totally ditched vinyl. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I, I haven't, but it's it, it's just one of those things where, you know, when I started, you know, just like with production, you know, I started seeking out education to make myself a better producer as well as, you know, information and, and things to help me become a better, more modern DJ. And all of a sudden, it just opened up a whole bunch of different things, and it reinvigorated my my interest in it, my love for it all. And, um, you know, for the new DJ, you're not going to run into that early. You know, yeah. that that's something you're if you're still new to this, whatever that feeling is that you got right now, sustain that, sustain it. Yeah, yeah. because and the only way you're going to sustain that is to, you know, keep pushing yourself. Once you become complacent and get into a, a, a rut or, you know, a, a set thing, then you will eventually fade out. Yeah. And speaking as another uh, DJ producer type, mm -hmm. it's it becomes pretty difficult to separate those worlds right. over time, right. especially with the way technology is going. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm staring at your uh, machines, <laughs> you know, on the desk right there. I've got a machine studio at home and that's that's a perfect example. Yeah of kind of marrying the two like i'm kind of creating something new on the fly and remixy and and producing but i'm also it's part of my set and <laughs> right. so you start blending the two worlds and it's it's kind of like why why wouldn't i right. you know if i've got the talent here and the talent here or the skill set or whatever why wouldn't i use them together yeah exactly um learn restraint don't play all your big tunes too quickly. Yeah. Mm. This is a big one for beginners and yeah. probably a big one for I'd say, most DJs. I was going to say, I'd say that's a big one in general. I mean, unless you've been at it for a while or just have that personality that's that can uh, withstand instant gratification, you know, that that's a, that's a hard one. I mean, even today, like for me, whenever I do – my shopping, once I know I've got some fire tracks, like I'm like, yeah. ooh. <laughs> ooh, I can't wait to drop that. <laughs> I think this is something, this is one of the few points that, that transcends like what type of DJ you are. Right. So like whether you're playing clubs, weddings, weddings corporate yeah, events, yep. even radio DJs, maybe to a lesser extent, depending right. on what you're doing. Right. But, um, you know, if somebody comes up, for example, at 10 p.m. and says, I want you to play biggest tune ever of the time right now that might not make sense <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, you, that's something you spoke, spoke on to. that before yeah right. the top 40 clubs and stuff that you play it at is yeah. hey it's not time for that yet if i play that now it's 745 then i want you to play the macarena now <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when everybody's here at 1245 then i'm going to play that again and that's going to be you know you, you right. can't just keep playing the same song well, why so. can't you just play it twice i've heard that yeah <laughs> But also, you know, why can't you just play it twice? You got to think about where you're at, who you're playing for, you know, because I've had that at like corporate events. Yeah. And I just kind of have to relent, even though that it's not in my DJ DNA to, right. play the, to play the track twice in a night. But it's not about me. Right. I'm providing a service to a group of people that are asking me to bring levity to their event. Sure. So in order to earn my check from them, 
and therefore earn their respect and maybe recommendation for a future event, I have to cater to what they want, even though I'm like dying on the inside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, sure, a, I can play the wobble again. I got you, babe. <laughs> you know? Yeah. In a nightclub environment, I've actually had people say, I don't care. I'm leaving now. So I want to hear this song before I'm le- before I leave. And I'm like, who are you? Right. Yeah. Like, uh, you're not my boss. You don't yeah. sign my check. Yeah. You're not my dad. <laughs> so how do you, uh, Trip and Tony, how do you guys deal with requests? I, de- I didn't. Uh, the only, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being dead serious. The only time I ever dealt with requests was if there was a couple of clubs that had implemented a, um, what do you call it? A, like a, a clipboard. You know, so like you could come up and you could like write something down and then and like so then if I saw it, then okay, yeah, I would I would work some of those things in. But, you know, like some clubs like were lucky, you know, you're lucky that, you know, the the booth is far enough away, removed from the crowd that only a few people actually know how to even get up there. And even if they did know how to get up there, securities at that door, you know, so uh, but other clubs like. You know, I, I was lucky that one club was like kind of a booth, but it was like a little like side closet with like, you know, a couple of windows that just kind of not, with no glass just kind of looked over. So at best, you know, like they could come up to that window and just kind of, hey, what are you playing? <laughs> Yeah, got you. Got you. And they go yeah. away, and then, and then you know, just an hour later they're drunk. They don't even know if you or exactly. remember if you played it or not. Yeah. Exactly. And it depends. Like if you're talking about now. There's no way I'd take a request because yeah. half the stuff that I play, people really don't know. Right. Yeah. Talking about top 40 days, yeah, you just kind of, sure, I'll play that. Or, look, if I don't play the song by the end of the night, then whatever. But I will end up playing the song yeah. because obviously if it's a top 40 song. You, but you I'm leaving now. Yeah. <laughs> it's my friend's birthday. I just, yeah. I just cut it short and walk away and then walk back over and put my headphones on. And yeah. even if I'm not doing something, I will act like I'm doing something so I don't have to. Yeah, this kind of brings me back to that uh, gig I talked about, the Hammerjacks mm. gig. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of ran into that there. And this really speaks to, uh, you know, something that I repeat over and over again is Take choosing the right, right gigs. gigs. Yeah, yeah. Because when, what happened with me was they came to me and and said, will you play this song or this song or this song? And it wasn't just that I was refusing to play it. I, I don't have, have that. <laughs> right. And so <laughs> when you say, I don't have that, I don't have that either. I don't have that either. Yeah. Well, what like, good what, are you? Yeah. What kind of DJ are you? They <laughs> the don't understand. You have. Yeah. yeah. So we just, we were not the right we're, mesh right. <laughs> there. Right. And so I started really compromising. Do I have any hip hop that goes over this stuff that I can play? Right, and I, right. you know, it, was okay, but it was not ideal. Yeah. And, and but one way I found to, uh, as a sort of a exit strategy for requests, especially like if it's something I know is totally whack and way off, I'll like actually get on the mic and be like, "Hey, this is a request by so and so. You know, they want to hear this song. Everybody get on the dance floor." And it's like something totally whack. And like they're the only person out there. But I was like, "Hey, I just Whee! I just took all the responsibility <laughs> off myself." Right. You know, because I, I was reading an article recently. It was like how to deal with requests. You know, and obviously one of them is ignore it. You know, and that's yeah. kind of you don't necessarily want to do that. But depending on the situation, you know, you you can't take requests. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to the nightclub yeah. to see Richie Houghton and you're opening for Richie Houghton and they request Soldier Boy or yeah. something, yeah, exactly. You just don't play it, yeah. right? Right. But yeah. And then another one was like kind of the 
you know, assess blame to the requester. Right, right. You know, Marcy in accounting just requested yeah. the Macarena. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, I've employed that and it's kind of it's helped me out. And then obviously just play it, but you know, yeah. trying to work work it into, you know, or you know, kind of like massaging it, like Tony just said. You know, well, I'll play it by the end of the night. Right. You know, because like you're you're playing all these bangers and they want to hear like you know more than words by extreme and you're like whoa whoa bro do you hear what right I'm well and, and like any time so the only time i ever relented is if it's when i was doing weddings and corporate you know type events and stuff mm -hmm. like that so yeah if if that's the event that you're in then um the only people i ever listened to were the ones that were paying me yes mm. you know so if it's the bride or you know it, even even people close to the bride and groom you know if it's parents or wedding party that sort of thing like you know it, making sure that anything that gets back to yeah, right <laughs> you know then you know it's it's all in a positive light because if i'm that dick <laughs> didn't, <laughs> he didn't play the macarena and i asked him yeah that was another thing that the another tactic that they offered was like if it's a wedding or a birthday or something hey i'm sorry i'm only taking requests from right. from the bride right you know right which may or may not be true, but, right? But it is an—it is an ability to get out of it. It's an escape. Yep. Always have a good excuse. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing that we also mentioned in this uh, list here was professionalism, and I guess I'll ask you, Tony, because you, out of all of us, you probably book the most people, the most DJs. Like, how much does that factor in? Do you? the way that people present themselves because not not everybody who's a dj is also like you know wearing a suit and tie and super well spoken and i mean so it's it's not necessarily that you have to have a phd to right. to get the gig but i mean what i guess are there qualities you look for or stay away from when booking people when and how much to, and i'll even tack on a follow-up question on that it, how much of it is the reputation of the DJ that you're booking versus the professionalism of the agent you may be working through. Oh boy. Um, no names need to be specific. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> He's going through I know you centering with, himself right now. Yeah. Cause I, I know that you work with a multitude or, and have worked with a multitude of agents and, and agencies and not all of them have panned out to be great. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Well, I mean, it, it's degrees of separation as well. Sure. Um, when it comes to on the local level, um, professionalism is is pretty key. But like you said, no PhD, but definitely you know be humble. Don't come at me demanding everything. Yeah. Um, don't expect you know if you feel like you're better than you are, and that may be the case. Don't always expect to get the prime time slot. Mm -hmm. Um, you so know, it's the always, diva stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, just always be understanding of of the gig in itself and, and the layout of the gig. You know, I mean, David, you're phenomenal. Trip, you're phenomenal. You know, Mo, I listened to you last night. You're good as well. But you know, you hear that, Mom? You said you, it was good. You <laughs> may not be. You know, Trip has been playing for you know twenty years, and we've all been playing for a long time. But that doesn't necessarily mean that. Trip set is going to fit this gig at midnight. Right. He may he may fit at ten o'clock. He may fit after the headliner. But don't throw a fit because you feel like 
that's where your slot should be, and you deserve this because you've been doing this for so long. Right. The, blah, the promoter's blah, 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 blah. job. The promoter's job is to put together the show, not the DJ's. Right. Job. So career. yeah. <laughs> so always, always take things into consideration and 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 keep those things in mind, and and you know, don't be an ass about it. You know, I, if you want to voice your concern to the promoter, that's that's fine. You know, I don't mind, but also when I come back at you and, and, and say, hey, this is the reason why I have you at this slot, which when I book you guys, right. I, I try and tell you up front, like, up front, hey, right. your slot's going to be at 10 o'clock or your slot's going to be at midnight or 9 o'clock. And this is, and here's know, why this is the, this flow is the way the I want the, right. the, the night to flow. Right. Um, and that's on the local level. When it comes to, um, you know, bigger guys, you only deal most, you only deal with the agent via email. Or phone sometimes. Mm. 98% of the time it's an email unless there's a miscommunication and something needs to be handled right then and there. But most of the time it's an email. When they arrive on the spot, you know, you're either dealing with them or if it's a big, big tour, you're dealing with a tour manager, which the tour manager is the one that has, you know, well, feels like they have every right to be the asshole, you know, because their artist expectations if it's not right then it they go off on the tour manager the tour manager goes off on the promoter not you know it, it kind of makes and that they separation kind of used to like having to put on that hard front too because mm-hmm. they need to get done what they're trying to get done and so then of course you end up with personality clashes easily yeah with, it's you know. um I, I mean we booked not us as three-dimensional but we did a show with um i won't throw any names out there but he Last year was the number one DJ, quote unquote, in the world. <laughs> um, the during the show, before the show started, the tour manager had front of house sound, or not front of house sound, the uh, monitor world had them compress the monitors so the opening DJs couldn't crank the monitors up. Mm. Well, they were still compressed when the headliner went on. Mm. Headliner was cranking the monitors so loud it was distorting. It was sending a, a distorted signal. Mm-hmm. So he comes up to me and he said, hey, go tell Monitor World right now to uncompress and to turn the monitors up. Give us more headroom. So I went outside because I couldn't go through a crowd of 5,000 people. I had to go outside around, tell them. And as I was making my way back, he comes out the door and he's just like steam. You can see it rolling off of his head. And he ran out, came back, and then proceeds to get in my ear and tell me what a shitty stage manager I am, how bad mm. I suck, and is going off on me yeah. because his artist is cranking the monitor. So when it comes to things like that, I have to deal with the tour manager, not the DJ. Right. You know, the DJ's always got to be the nice, likable guy, and right. blah, 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 blah. So on those, it, it's, it's different every scenario, yeah. you know. So most of the time it's the tour manager that I have to deal with on those big shows, not the actual DJ themselves. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, the DJ walks up, smiles, shakes the hand. Hey, nice to meet you, you know, and as cool as can be, but you know, so yeah. a lot of times it's those guys. I will say that, um, <clears throat> one thing that I will avoid if I am booking somebody, which I only throw the occasional show. So it's not something I run into a lot, but if somebody has a habit of blasting people on social media, mm. stuff like that, um, whether they're right or wrong, I don't want any part of all just that. The like, that's just not yeah. how I work. And, you know, if if you have a problem with me as a promoter, then come talk to me and let's work it out, you know? And I feel like that's how it should work. 
And there's blacklisting sites for legitimate uh, airing of grievances when it comes to <laughs> the airing of yeah. the grievances. <laughs> right, well, yeah. and, and by the way, I'm I'm referring more even locally because that's more what I've dealt with well, true, than true. Yeah. A, I've only dealt with a, a few headliner right, types, right. but. Um, you know, if, if I see, like, if there's somebody that's on my friends list on Facebook and I see them always saying, yeah, yeah. Like it, even if it happens once, like I, I kind of feel like you get one because <laughs> everybody's been royally screwed by somebody oh, yeah. and we all react differently to that. But a, if it's happened more than once or B, just depending on how you handle that, like I don't want to put my reputation on the line for somebody who is that volatile. Right. You know, and I also don't want to associate my personal brand, my promotional brand or passionate DJ or anything with somebody who's going to go, you know, throwing shade all over the place and throwing a fit because I'd, I'd rather contribute something positive, you know? And, and so that's, that's one thing that I do watch out for is, is people who, cause that's usually, you know, it's an extreme emotional response like that. Uh, is not a situation I want to be dealing with in the moment when I'm trying to run a show, right. for example. So to pull that back, you know, the lesson learned for new DJs is always handle yourself with some integrity and constraint, even in a difficult situation where you yes. may be legitimately angry with a promoter. Because as soon as you... And you might start, be right. Yeah, you may be right. And as soon as you start blasting that stuff out there, you don't know how other people are going to perceive that. Yep. So question for you guys, since you deal with booking and putting on events, you know, everyone is entitled to make a mistake. And sometimes sure. those mistakes get out of, get out of control. Like the new DJ who was right, but happens to go off in an inappropriate manner or is received in a, incorrectly. What's the room for forgiveness? I mean, what's the, I mean, is there, mm. what's the threshold? What's the, what's the time on that? I mean, or is there a barometer or is it just one of those things where you just kind of have to wait and see on case by case basis? Yeah, case for me it's case. case. Yeah, it's yeah. totally case by case. When because I, when I, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, cause for me, um, it, like I've been on both sides of that. Like I, I have been the one who was completely drunk and acting stupid <laughs> and threatening everybody around me and getting into a promoter's face and all of that stuff. Um, As documented on one of the previous absolutely. podcasts. Yes. And, and I've also been on the opposite end of that where somebody is telling me they're going to ruin me because I didn't deliver what I said I was going to deliver and blah, 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 blah. You know, so you know, you have to take things in steps. So first handle the problem at at hand, you know, so, you know, however that whatever, whatever your steps to, you know, constructively handling a problem is go through that after all of that's done, you know, depending on how that person reacted, what has happened since then, you know, and, you know, has that, has that person reintegrated themselves or have I done something su- sufficient enough to try to make amends to both that person and, or the scene and other people the situation. Right. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, and a lot of times, sometimes it's just time, you know, uh, you know, uh, sometimes enough time will wash away, you know, the sins of the past because I've seen, you know, some promoters that have done some really shady, just poor business practice, treated people like crap, but you know, over the course of a couple of years, you know, because they still bring 
big names and this, that, and the other, then, you know, people just kind of forget about all that. And, you know, they're, they're still throwing shows. And It's definitely case-by-case space um, with me as well. That night that that happened um, with that tour manager, he was yelling so loud in my ear, my left ear drum kind of popped. Oh. And, you know, this guy tour manages for really, really big names. And... You know, I was I, I'm working for PSG, so I don't want to go off on this guy, right? And then As develop PSG. a yeah, and, and develop a bad relationship between them. So after he yelled at me and got in my ear, you know, I was just sitting there, and even there were other employees there, and they were like, "You handled that so good," because I just sat there and I was just like, I didn't say anything, you know. I was just, right. and I'm I'm Italian, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> when I go off, I go off, you know, and it's very rare that I do, but. Um, after he yelled in my ear, you know, I stepped back and then I didn't say anything too many to him. And, you know, I, I called for the owner of PSG to come back and to talk to him. I, I, I sent the owner a text. I said, you need to get back here. You need to talk to this guy. And he went back, he talked to him and then he tried to come over and shake my hand. And, and I was just, I didn't shake, shake his hand. I didn't stick my hand out to him. He's like, man, I'm, I'm really, really sorry, but blah, blah, blah. And I was, and, and I told him point blank. I said, "I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the president. You're not going to talk to me like that. Nobody's going to talk to me like that." You know. The next day, we did another tour stop with him in Columbus, and I wasn't going to work the show, but they needed me to set up backline. I wasn't going to manage his stage. I wasn't going to stand up on stage. I set his backline up. The tour manager came in, and he came up to the booth. You know, there was nobody in the club, just just him and I. And he's like, "Look, man, I really, really apologize. I hope you understand." I'm like, "It's cool, you know. I I really appreciate you apologizing." I shook his hand, and I, you know, I stayed humble about it. I mm-hmm. went on about the night and and left it at that. You know, am I, you know, if I see the guy again, am I gonna, you know, run up to him and say hi? Absolutely not. But that was, you know. But I think but for someone at that altitude, for him to actually come back to you on that second day, yeah, probably really says something to the fact that he truly realized what he did was. Oh, absolutely, he right. did because ten minutes after he had done that, and the owner of the company had a talk with him, he came back over to me. He tried to talk to me that night during the later, show, right? And I was just, and <laughs> he, he went to shake my hand, and I looked down at his hand. I'm like, I'm not shaking your hand. You're not going to talk to me like that. Get the f away from me. It's exactly what I said to him, and that's when you know I, I wasn't going to work the show the next night. But you know, it, it was it was a, a pretty severe case when you're working with literally the number one DJ in the world mm-hmm, right. and his tour manager. You know, which he could have went up there at any point in time and and told the DJ, hey, the show's over with, and, you know... Pulled the plug. Pulled the plug on it, but I just stepped away. I let them handle their, you know... So if that would have happened on a local level, you bet your ass I'm not going to promote that or, or or book that person ever again, right. you know, have anything to do. The, the I don't time, care how the, big you the get. The time, the stakes, and the situation. Yeah, every every response. scenario and every case is different, yeah. Yep. You know? um, for me, the only point I would bring up is... Um, the word you used was forgiveness, and there's for me there's a difference between forgiving somebody or moving on and being willing to work with them. Yeah, agree. So I would just yeah. toss that in there. Um, there are people that I'll have a beer with that I don't necessarily want to play for or book. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and I've actually you know I, I, from a couple of my previous stories, I mean, there's a couple of people out there that same thing, you know. Uh, 
because of a couple of things that people have heard about me or or a couple of things that I have done, you know. I mean, smoking crack on stage. Smoking. I mean, that was one time, man. One time. It was only one time. You know. I mean. It's like Ozzy Osbourne will never, ever, ever go live, back to San Antonio. Well, he'll never live down. You know the what, what did he do to the bat. Uh, well, was it a bat or a chicken or something? I've heard head both. But he, yeah. he did pee on the Alamo. Yeah, yeah, and he would send around a bucket for everybody to spit in, and he'd drink it <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I mean, for me, I, you know, I just there are some promoters that will not have anything to do with me, even though like all these years later, yeah, see, you know, okay, yeah, we're cool or, you know, whatever. But, and, and same with me, there are some people I will not book, you know, when I see you, I see you and yeah, you're cool. But like, you know, especially, and the biggest, the biggest, uh, problem, you know, or not the biggest, the most common problem that I have with local DJs is exactly what you had mentioned before with the diva personality, that whole prima donna, I, what do you mean? I I don't have you know a a, a total a bowl nexus, full of yeah, green M and M's. Total nexus set up and function one sound. You know, you know the, some of these things that people get hung up on are just ridiculous. Like and you know, for some people, I I will bend over, maybe not backwards because I don't bend that way. You know, because I'm, I'm fat. So but, um, <laughs> not really good at the whole bending thing. Um, but, um, no, I, I'll make exceptions for a lot of people that I have a lot of respect for. And there is a tolerance level that, so if I have a lot of respect for somebody and, you know, they come off as, you know, maybe a little diva ish, but it's tolerable. Yeah. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Just to, if for nothing else, maintain my friendship with them. And, you know, because for me personally, they've earned that. Mm-hmm. You know, but for just some of these people that I've dealt with over the years, and I know you have too, like, it's just that, that diva personality, like you're a local DJ, man, at best, maybe a regional, you know, if yeah, you, like, play, you were just playing skate right, last right. week. So mm-hmm. like you're, you're not making, doing anything different than the rest of us. Right. So making these demands and telling me when you're going to play or else, and you know, just all that kind of shit. I ain't got time for that. Yeah. So this is a, I mean, this conversation that we're having, like it, it kind of took a quick turn into what frustrates us with dealing with people. Right, right. Well, but and this is a great example, like why not? <laughs> well, one. exactly. Look at the the response has gotten out of just us talking about it right now, with right. with no actual scenario to, to tie it to. It's just it it immediately escalates a situation, yeah. you know. Well, and I'm and I'm and you know to kind of pull <clears> all <throat> of this back, you know, it's. You know, I know that the the point of this episode is is uh, you know essential tips for brand new DJs, mm-hmm. and if there's nothing else that you take out of this, it's to learn from everything around you. So even if just listening to us sit here and bitch, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's something to be learned from that. You know, don't be that person that everybody bitches. Yeah, Yeah. don't be that person that everybody bitches about. You know, Mm -hmm. what what can you do to be the most successful? Don't be that guy. (laughs) Or girl. (laughs) Are there any uh, final tips we want to bring in before we wrap it up? I I wanna I wanna I wanna say a couple tips that really I don't want to say it frustrates me, but it's something that I always notice it. If you're scratching Do not scratch lyrics over lyrics. <laughs> Do not mix lyrics over lyrics or harmonies over harmonies. 
the one is not always the three, and the three is not always the one. So put the ones together and the twos <laughs> together. So in other words, quick learn your measures of me. Yes, <laughs> yes. Just because a snare is on a snare doesn't mean it's always on measures. So learn your measures and right, right. you know. So what you're saying is practice. Uh, practice yes. is good. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, but no, don't don't ever scratch lyrics over. You know, don't scratch on top of lyrics. Don't mix lyrics on top of lyrics. Right. That's just the worst clash. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Uh, any final? The one thing I'd maybe say is uh, know your limits. <laughs> <laughs> Trip, Trip, what is the one number one thing to not do as a new DJ? Wait, is is this the pet peeve episode or is this a <laughs> This is an essential tip, and you're going to hear it again if we ever do a pet peeve episode. <laughs> Don't do this. <laughs> Don't do that. Stop it. We all hate it. Nobody likes Nobody it. likes that. I don't know why it became popular. I don't know who started it. I don't care who started it. Just don't do it anymore. Let God. me delete that out of my footballs. <laughs> no. Yeah, um, the thing that kills me about that, like I know we're just having a little fun, but right. like it kills me that some of Pioneer's top gear has that has as a that built, built in sample. It. Why? Why? I'm glad I've never found it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea it was built in. I'm it is on the SZ, the RZ, and I think RZ the RZX. Yeah, 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 yeah. They all have it's the Oh, it's built into the button. controllers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> awful. <laughs> No, if I if I if I just had any anything closing, it, you know, I just want to call back to the point that I just made. You know, always be learning from something, you know, and don't ever get too complacent, and and you know, always have fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. That's I just spoke with somebody yesterday in a message, and that was one of my comments: is you're always learning. We've been playing over twenty years, and we're still learning every day. That's right. So just keep learning. Mo, any final thoughts? We tossed you under the bus yeah. as our, our newest uh, microphone fiend. Yeah, I, I just say know your limits. Um, understand what your capacity is and build up to that, but don't try and produce over that because if you are getting paid to provide a service, you owe it to the person that is paying you to be honest and accurate about what you can provide. Mm. Yeah. So don't say that you can... You have enough sound to fill up, you know, a ten thousand square foot ballroom. Yeah, when at some point, all you have is like you know two monitors. Right. You know, don't say you can play a drum and bass show when you've only ever heard drum and bass on our drum and bass one hundred and one show. Right. You know, yeah. You know, don't tell them you can do a show for five hours if you've never done a five hour show, or if you only have an hour's worth of music. music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you all next time. See you. Easy. Out. Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionatedj or on Twitter at DJ with Passion. And always remember to keep on spinning. I was very lucky in that the person who rejected me 
also took me up under his wing and was able to show me what I did wrong and what what he was looking for, what he expected. And then I was able to hone in on that, you know, and from there, I only got better at an amplified rate and then started getting a lot more gigs a lot quickly. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I, started I started getting gigs bigly. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I started getting gigs a lot quicker. Yeah. That's a, a good segue into another one of the points that we put down, which was uh, to be realistic and fail often. That's right.